The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Welcome to One Hour at a Time with Mary Woods. I am, uh, of course, I'm John McAndrew, your guest host today, and we have uh, with us today an author. Her name is Angela Lutz, and she is a holistic life coach, an author, a speaker, and she's worked with groups and churches and schools uh, and corporations all across the country, specializing in nutrition plans and identifying and overcoming the root issues of disorderly eating. She presents truths, uh, dispels rumors, and shows you in a step-by-step uh, fashion how to initiate authentic change to last a lifetime. And I want to give a few statistics here so we know um, what we're up against. According to the National Eating Disorders Association, Approximately 11 million people are battling an eating disorder in the United States. 41 million women and more than 37 million men were reported obese in 2009-2010, according to the CDC. Of course, those numbers are going up. Um, Angela has worked for more than a decade in the health and fitness industry. She has several certifications uh, and awards and she owns a gym in Sunbury, Ohio, with her husband who resides there with her two kids. Bound by Numbers is her first book, and we will talk about that uh, quite a bit today. Angela, welcome to the show. Thank you, John, for having me. We, uh, As we talked before we came on the air, this is, this is quite a battle to, uh, to fight and, and quite an issue to talk about because it hits so close. Um, to so many people, and uh, I think our listeners would just like to know a little more about you and and how you became, how you got into fitness and and and, uh, and the health field. Sure, I was I was a crusader from health uh, for health. Excuse me. Um, from the very moment I recognized that. My, there were so many individuals out there who, um, who were, were sick. And my mother, my mother had um, become um, very ill. She was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer when I was 18 years old. She was a smoker. And, um, and um, very quickly, um, her life was uh, taken from her um, before she was 40. And... I remember at that young of an age, even at 19, just being, it was, I was so impressionable and I, I had made a point. I, what I did was I made a vow. I, I made a vow with myself that I would, um, I would uphold health. I would make sure that I, um, I, I, I kept my body in good health, that I, I would do everything opposite of what I saw my mom do. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and I had a great compassion for people. I, I I didn't want to see them go through what I saw my mother go through. So um, there it was that 
that that it, that's where my passion um, for health and fitness was born was out of that moment. At what age were you when that when you can recall that being a a, par- a powerful part of your consciousness? Um, probably from seventeen. 17 on, it, it became much more prevalent in my, in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I, we're, we're going to talk about your book today, Bound by Numbers, which is a very powerful title. And uh, as we proceed, I think people will understand more what that's about and, uh, and, and why you titled the book that, uh, with that title. But also your, I mean, once again, we have, I think the most powerful teachers, and whatever people teach, are the ones that have experienced what they're teaching about. And you have great personal experience with uh, disorderly eating, you call it. Uh, and can you share with our listeners a little bit more about your personal story? Because you truly had a spiritual awakening, which I think is a big component. Absolutely. In, in, yeah. Absolutely. I, from that experience um my mom's death um my mom's death really uh impacted me in a way that i was very subconsciously um unaware of um and i um shortly after um losing her um my um, my youngest brother um, took his life. He um, committed suicide in the uh, bathroom of our home with a shotgun, and um, he was just about 14 years of age. And um, shortly after that, that that disease of disorderly eating, the the disease of anorexia, um, made itself at home in my heart. And it was like I said, it wasn't something at the time I was aware of. However, I did use, um, it's so funny, anything, anything, um, even good things taken to an extreme in an opposite direction can become perverse and destructive. And ultimately, that's exactly what had begun to happen to me. And I had, again, um, without knowing it, I had, um, I, I had allowed um, food um, to become my drug of choice. Right. I, I, I had allowed that to become my addiction. Right. Yes. And, and how old were you when your brother passed? My, I was, that was just three um, short years after I was, oh, about 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And you were, at that time, uh, active in the... Uh, health and fitness community, uh, I know there are better words for that, but you were already professionally involved in the health and fit- fitness industry, is that right? That's absolutely correct. I, I worked in the health and wellness center, <laughs> so I, I worked as a personal trainer, I um, everything I had done. And what's funny about that is it just made it so much more socially accessible acceptable to function within the anorexia mm-hmm. and 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 I I it, it's funny because anorexia is a more socially acceptable addiction <laughs> than, than let's say um, you know drug use or or alcohol or just anything so it was so much easier to um, be functionally addicted to it 
We, uh, you know, the guests on our, our show and the writers very often, we talk about obviously addiction and mental health uh, co-occurring disorders. And I think it's, it's probably good to point out at this point that, uh, you know, many people in the field of addiction tend to see uh, eating disorders as a little bit off to the side. Maybe not, but it's good to bring it into focus that it is exactly the same thing as any other addiction Exactly, uh, and yeah. addiction addiction is a dysfunctionally disguised idea cultivated to immobilize our need, and and it's it's why it's vital to address why addiction ever makes it itself itself at home in your heart to begin with, because it, it's just a band aid. What it's really doing is it's just covering and suppressing us from coming into and understanding with the true need and what our, our heart needs, and it gives us a false sense of putting ourselves back together, and, and that's indeed what happened to me. It was just, uh, it, it was, uh, anorexia was that false sense for me that I was in control, that I, 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 I had a way to put myself together, that if I ran as far as I could in the other direction, then a mass destruction and misfortune couldn't happen to me. It's that spirit of perfectionism, that spirit of perfectionism that drives you so far in the other direction <laughs> and, and you yeah. just find yourself exactly back where you started. Yeah, and Angela, here's a question that, let's say you're, I mean, so if you're talking to a group of people in a church, I think this may be one question that someone would throw out who doesn't know, but, and it's sort of a loaded question, but... Um, can you tell us how you isolated yourself, and I'm assuming you did, because um, that's what addiction does, doesn't it? You isolate. How could you do that while you were teaching all these other men and women how to stay fit and healthy, and then you're struggling with all these issues? Can you explain I absolutely what that? It's a pretty dark place. I mean, It is, and it's a beautiful, beautiful question, because this is what people with disorderly eating need to know is that it is it is possible to isolate yourself within your own body my body had become a prison in mm-hmm. which my mind and my heart was living and like you said, isolated. And, and that is exactly what happens is that there is a compartmentalization that goes on. I, I feel that um, um, there needs to be given more awareness to the fact that we as humans tend to compartmentalize ourselves. So our body is compartmentalized uh, in, in one place and our, our mind is in another and, and our, our heart and our and our soul is in a completely other, and and we compartmentalize these things. That's exactly what I had done. I had I had completely compartmentalized it. That to to the fact where I, I was just in in isolation within my own body. So many of us, um, I mean, um, bulimics, people um, who suffer with morbid obesity, they're just incarcerated. They're incarcerated within themselves. So it doesn't just necessarily have to be an isolation of a physical nature, but there is very much a, an isolation of a, a, 
a psychological nature? And does that sometimes, yes, transcend into withdrawing more and more and more from activities? Absolutely. And I, like I said, had been given <laughs> the strange gift of, of the social acceptance. So it was so easy for me to say, um, you know, I know I'm working. I'm working with this client. I'm sorry I can't come and eat with you. I'm sorry that I can't, you know, I, I can't come, I can't participate in this party. I actually, um, it's funny because then you, you gain several other addictive behaviors such as workaholism with it just to cover another or, or to help you, you know, you play whichever <laughs> hand looks right. most advantageous at the time. Right. And many of us uh, people in recovery, um, they talk about this uh, uh, hitting bottom or, you know, enough is enough, uh, sick and tired of being sick and tired. And uh, in your book, there's a very powerful, uh, there's some very powerful pages about your spiritual awakening, um, your sort of coming to realize that this is the end of the road. And uh, can you describe that for us a little bit? I absolutely can. Um, my bottom was rushing into a hospital with severe chest pain and um mm-hmm. I um I, I had a I had a daughter and uh she was three years of age. And um I um I rushed in, I I weighed I weighed just under eighty nine pounds, my hair was falling out, my breath was rancid and I I was convinced at that moment I was dying. Uh-huh. Wow. And um it just it did it hit me like a ton of bricks, and I realized at that very moment that I was putting my daughter in a position in which I was going to leave her the same way that my mom left me right mm-hmm. and it had come full circle, and I realized, oh my God, you know, oh my God, you know, and I hit my knees and I just said, "Save me from myself." Save me from myself. I just kept saying, save me from myself. And I just knew at that moment that, you know, his hand was on my life. Mm-hmm. And that um, together, I, 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 I just, I knew that I, I would be able to to recover and, and to walk right out of that. Well, thank you. It's very hard to uh, to go back there and, and go to that space, and I appreciate you sharing that with our listeners. We've been listening to Angela Lutz, and I have to pronounce her name correctly, and she uh, she has a book out called Bound by Numbers, and it's about abandoning the central w- the control that weight has over you. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Angela's uh, spiritual awakening from the moment that she just described to us. This is One Hour at a Time with Mary Woods. I'm your guest host, John McAndrew, and we shall return. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Leadership is a destination, but how do you get there? More importantly, how do you maximize your power and influence and develop more leaders in your organization? Learn from proven leaders and proven practices. Join Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler for Leadership Development News. This program will help you develop the next leaders in your organization, balance your work life, manage your boss, and manage yourself. We'll feature cutting-edge interviews with industry experts and authors. Leadership Development News, every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on The Voice of America. Business Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back. Again, this is John McAndrew. I'm your guest host today. We have been speaking with Angela Lutz, and uh, we've been talking about disorderly eating, and uh, we've begun to uh, talk a little bit about Angela's first book, which is called Bound by Numbers. And uh, I had asked Angela to share with our listeners uh, that moment of clarity uh, when... when, uh, people with an addiction, which is what this is, when they realize there's just, you know, really only one way to go, and that's up. And uh, she shared that with us in a very emotional piece. I want to thank you, Angela, for doing that. I also know that from these moments in people's lives, the, the darkest places, the most broken places, comes the most incredible healing and light, and that's really what you are for for all of us, and uh, can you tell us the next things that happened in succession after that? Uh, after the moment you realized you didn't want to do to your daughter what you know, yes. abandoning your daughter like your mother had done. Absolutely, it was a step by step. Um, it was a step by step process um, of recovery. I um, I just started to really spend time with God. And the more I spent time with him, the more I realized how life-affirming and life-giving and full of life that he had desired for me to be before any of the tragedy in my life ever took place to begin with, that he desired me to be whole. And um, it, it, it was a beautiful process of even depending on him for how it was I was going to start to eat again, how I was going to start to regain my health again. And he um, started to speak things in, in, into my heart that I was unaware of. I was, I was 
strongly unaware of the fact that what I was doing um, was I I was I was carrying suffering, but what I was doing was I, I was manifesting that suffering in a very physical sense. Right. And I remember the moment of release when I realized that I, on my own being, was carrying the weight of my brother's death. I was carrying the weight of my mother's death. And what happens is we do one of two things under immense pressure. Number one is we absorb it and we carry it around with us on our being. It, and, and it makes it much more difficult for us to, to, to operate. It, with that weight, or we 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 become crushed, and and that's more of what I did. I became crushed under that weight and started to wither away. And there, and I just remember, I remember that release when when I heard those words from him saying, "It's okay, it's okay to go on. You are not betraying your mom. You're not betraying." your brother, mm-hmm. it's okay to go on and to live life and, and to live it in wholeness and happiness and health. It's okay. In a way, I felt I was betraying my mother. If I didn't carry the weight of that suffering, I was going to I would lose any connection I had with them as I knew it. And I realized, um, I, 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 realized I, I, I wasn't the only one <laughs> suffering with that type of an immense pressure. Right. So you receive this. I mean, I like. I love the word that people use: spiritual awakening, or an affirmation, um, or a gentle nudge. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, to let go of the rock, you know, or let go of your bag of stones, or that heavy, heavy weight that we carry. So, step by step, um, what was the next step after you received this affirmation and? Uh, what was the next step in your process of recovery? I had to actually go to work. I, I oh. actually had to take action. It wasn't enough to know what the gift I had been given of, of, of a renewed life, but I actually at this time had to act on that. There were certain things that I was instructed to throw away, such as the scale. Um, there, there. I, I had to take action. My healing had to become my job, and 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 everything. I I um, I, I had to just really allow myself to to bring myself into focus because without me, no one else <laughs> was going to benefit. So um, I really had to go to work on that healing process, and I really had to um, not just the physical act of um, doing things like throwing the scale away and trusting, um, you know what, and, and, and really understanding that food was not the authority, that it didn't right. dictate it didn't dictate whether I was going to win or whether I was going to lose, but I had to take my power back where that was concerned. In the book, the chapter going on uh, addresses a lot of that, and I, I have heard before uh, guests on our show talk about uh, 
you know, the drug or the alcohol or the food or the gambling or the sex or whatever it is. I mean, once that is removed, uh, then it's you uh, learning how to live. And I, I think, you know, the chapter in your book going on is very powerful because you describe it um, in terms of what you had to do and, uh, you know, the step-by-step progress. Boy, taking that first step is really hard. Uh, what was it like to go back to work the first day that you began this journey and now you're in that room again and there's all those ladies? And, and the last time we talked about you being in there teaching, you were very, very alone, weren't you? Isolated. Oh, my God. Keeping this all to yourself. So how did you go on and get out of isolation? It was that awareness that I, again, that I wasn't the only one. This time I came back and I realized, oh, my gosh, these people are struggling. And I, and I knew deeper. It wasn't just, it's not a weight issue. People are not struggling with their weight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, they're, not, they're not struggling with their weight. And it, was, it, it actually was a gift that had, had started to just rise up inside of me and a knowing that this time coming back, I, I actually, I was, I, I was charged up. I, I was completely charged up. I, I was full of a new awareness. I saw things a little bit deeper, a little clearer. I had more compassion and understanding, and I just thrived. I thrived in that. And I, like I said, what was amazing was that I, the, the, I had started to lose any desire for things that weren't life-giving and life-affirming. So for me, it, it was just, it was amazing. For me, it, it really was just a supernatural spiritual gift of really being able to know that I have a choice. I, I choose right. life or I choose death. And you... In your book, you talk about numbers, and, and I think it would be good to address this issue now. And uh, being a teacher, you know, and an instructor, and knowing all this, having all the knowledge in the world, right, of, <laughs> of how to live healthy, and then you're suffering. I mean, you are, you're, re- you're recovering anorexic at this point, and um, at one point did you look at these numbers and go, enough, that isn't what... The issue is here, and and how did you see that affecting? You must have seen that as an effective tool to really talk to other people about the disease rather than numbers, because you were a numbers person, weren't you? If you were, I was. How can you not be a numbers person from the second we're born? We're not identified by only our name, but we're but we've got the date, we've got how much we you know weigh, our length, you know, our our birth date. Our, our our numbers are a part of our identity, as sure as our name is. And, um, yes, everything was numbers-based. The whole world I, I lived in was numbers-based. And um, I just remember um, thinking that numbers 
can really, really mess us up pretty good. And I think it might come from the fact that when we, like you said, are in school and, and, and we're learning even in those elementary years that we can use numbers to solve a problem. Right. And um, it, it was the numbers that I, I was trying to beat. And, and, it, and, and when I was looking at the scale, I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, if I could just get to that perfect number, oh, just one more less, just one more less, just one more less. If I could just get one more less, then all my problems are going to go away. If I can just get one more less, that will be perfect and I'll be happy and everything will be great. And um, if I could just get one more less, right. less. And I kept thinking less, 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 and less and less and less value. Yeah. And, of, of course, the problem with addiction is that enough is never enough. We've been talking with Angela Lutz about her book, uh, Bound by Numbers, and about her, uh, her incredible journey. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about Chapter 7 and forgiveness. We'll be right back. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. In your family, what is most important to you? Is it health? Relationships? How about getting along better with your kids or your parents? Maybe it has to do with losing pounds or gaining financially. Whatever the problems you face in your family, you'll want to tune in to Family First with your host, author, and speaker, Randy Rolfe. Since 1985, Randy has become the foremost expert on matters concerning the family, and she can help you. Family First airs live every Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back. This is John McAndrew, and we've been talking to Angela Lutz. And before we go any farther, Angela's, uh, this is her first book, Bound by Numbers, is available at Amazon.com and uh, Angela's website. Also, you can get information and uh, contact her about uh, trainings and presentations. It's www.amazon.com. Angela Lutz.com. That's spelled A N G E L A L U T Z. Angela Lutz.com. And we, uh, we, we're talking more, um, not so much about food at this point as we are 
about learning how to live, and Angela has shared with us her experience or her her rock bottom and then uh, her spiritual experience, her affirmation that she received from her higher power to go on and move on. And I I want to talk, there's a, a really beautiful poem that she has written on page uh, 13, I believe it is, in her book. It's called Soul Inceptions, and I just want to read this, Angela, and then we'll start talking. It says, when my motive is fear, the result is dysfunction. Is fear the driving force that manipulates the choices I make about food? Am I afraid of falling short and failing? Have I allowed food to be the final authority in determining my body image issues? Have I abandoned mental jurisdiction over my have I abandoned mental jurisdiction over my own emotions? And we could put almost anything there for the word food, of course, and uh I, when you told us our story earlier in the first section and you were pretty emotional about it, I felt a lot of, uh, a lot of pain and from pain comes grace, doesn't it? And I I think it'd be a nice thing for you to talk about, about that pain and how you have transformed that. Absolutely. When, when you hear that word pain, we are conditioned in society to to think of words that undergird that, such as bad. We, we definitely correlate pain with bad. But there is beauty in pain, in that pain is a teacher. Pain is the in, indicator light on your dashboard of your car right. when you're about to have engine failure, <laughs> when, 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 when you're out of oil or when you're out of gas or, 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 or when it's ready to quit. And, and pain can be a, a beautiful teacher to help guide us in the proper directions. Mm-hmm. And we're not very comfortable with pain, uh, we being human beings. That's right. Some human beings are more susceptible. Right. Just not wanting that uncomfortableness, that pain. Uh, And your poem about fear uh, is just very powerful. Mm, When you have to address, how am I using this to not look at these things and feel these things? And I, uh, I, you know, the book is... I highly recommend that people I have to be I have to tell you personally I'm a diabetic and I have issues with eating. And and your story about numbers is very powerful to me and I don't know if other people can relate to this whether it's a scale or whatever but I check my blood sugars every day. Of course when that number is high. That's right. Uh I'm very susceptible to feeling not so good about myself and under, underneath all that, there are other issues, obviously, and I think you address this in your book pretty good. And, and I love terms that I haven't heard before. <laughs> and you came up with this, weeding out your soul with forgiveness. Mm. And could you talk about where that came from and then how important that may be in this process for, for other folks with this? Absolutely. Um I um, realized that just as as I had discussed that I was carrying the weight of um, a, a tragic occurrence, that um, I also 
carried a significant amount of weight in um, in, in the realm of, of needing to really release people um, from my life. In other words, in other words, it was really important to start getting down to the nitty gritty of being able to forgive myself, being able to um, forgive others that um, had um, caused a significant amount of pain in my life. And it was important to to actually root it out because just like a seed is sown into the ground and it takes root and it springs up, so does um, bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness. It can make itself at home in your body. And what is really cool is this, is um, knowing um, the uh, physiology of the body. I know that when we are under significant amounts of stress, that we mm-hmm. produce um, catecholamines. It's a, it's a hormonal response. We produce catecholamines. Those catecholamines are, are what's responsible for things like cellulite. So something triggered, you know, from a psychological response can go physiological on you. Right. So, yeah, yeah and, and knowing that, um, it's important to know that when I say carrying things, you're carrying these burdens of, of hanging on to these hurts that we hang on to. We, ha- we hang on to these hurts, and, and we carry them around with us. Well, they toxify our system. They can even manipulate our metabolism. They, they completely toxify our, our, our bodies. So it's essential. It's essential that you go through just every aspect of your life and just really know that it's time to allow yourself a, a release, that you don't need to be held hostage to those experiences. When we replay negative experiences in our mind over and over and over again, that, that's, what takes, that, that's what takes forefront, and we have no more room for anything else. So you, and you talk about in this chapter about the list that you've made and, uh, of people, places, and things that happen, and we already know about your mother and your brother. Yes. Two very, very powerful, tragic things in your life, uh, and other things are on these lists. You talk about people preparing these lists, and then what is the next step? And it's about prayer. It's in it's in this chapter. I think it's very powerful. It's very powerful. Um, it's powerful to be able to take each person from that list and sit down and 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 get quiet. And to imagine yourself in a place where you feel safe. And to also imagine that you are, you're sitting there maybe, maybe on a beach. Maybe you're sitting there in an English tea room. You may be sitting in the French Quarter. You can <laughs> be anywhere. It can be totally anywhere. And just to be able to get quiet and comfortable, to feel safe, and then to know that sitting next to you is not only the person who created the offense, but also to, to invite Jesus or your higher power into that picture with you. Mm-hmm. And, and it's important to do that, and I'm going to tell you why. Because sometimes we don't have the capacity. We're so hurt that we don't have the capacity or the understanding that 
forgiveness is, is not an act of the soul. It's not an emotional act. Forgiveness is just a, 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 a way to release and sever yourself from an experience with another person. Mm-hmm. So, um, but sometimes we're too burdened. We're, we're too heart heavy. We're, we're too hurt to be able. There are some offenses that are, are, are unspeakable to people. And um, that's when you have to turn to Jesus. And you have to say, I can't forgive this individual, but I know that you can. Please release me. Release, mm-hmm. release me from the experience. And, and, and so you are no longer prone to replaying that over and over again in your mind. You release yourself from that person and that experience. Right. You have in here, um, and I love these little, I like things really concise and, and short and easy to understand. And um, you talk about forgiveness softening your heart. And you also write here that forgiveness uncorks a flood of God-given benefits. And um, we've had folks on the show who are in recovery and uh, talk about the, uh, the 12-step process. And, and this sounds very, very close to these, these actions that people take. Uh, and you make it pretty clear that trying to do this without a higher power is going to be pretty darn tough. You've got to set that sack of rocks down. I would like to know, though, um, you know, these God-given benefits. You, you write about this process softening your heart. So, you know, what are the God-given benefits? Okay. Um, like I said, with unforgiveness, um, mm-hmm. when we hold on to things, it consumes a lot of energy, and it takes up all of our space. Well, the second that you're able to release that, you're, you, you, create, you create room for space. You create, you create room for so much more. And, and God-given benefits in the way of not just only being released from the amount of energy that you were giving to this particular experience every day over and over again, but in my own experience, such as, I'll give you an example, um, I, had, um, I had been in a marriage in which um, my husband had um, committed adultery and um, taken up with another woman while I was um, pregnant with our daughter, and um, I had to really work on extending that forgiveness to both him and his lover. And when I really was able to dig down deep and, and really come to terms with, okay, I'm releasing myself, you know, from this experience and situation, it made room for my soulmate to come in and to enter my life. When you leave room, God can do anything. But if you're holding on to something so tight, your arms aren't open enough to receive everything that God has for you. And, and, it, and it could be the very thing you're holding on to is the very thing that God has for you. <laughs> yeah, and I, this vision of weeding out your soul, um, I guess it doesn't matter how weedy or uh, how weedy your soul is. This process is the same, and you... It, but it's something that you continue to work on, isn't it, uh, Angela? Yes, it is. You didn't do one weeding and then all of a sudden, <laughs> ba-boom, right? Uh, ba-boom is right. Absolutely not, John, because even today, even right now, 
as I speak to you today. Today, today I had to go into my heart and I had to uproot something. Think of a garden. That's why I love using the weeding out because if you've ever had a garden or you've ever known anybody to have a garden, oh, my gosh, especially a rose garden because those are particularly tough. Thank you so much. We're talking with Angela Lutz. Uh, We're one hour at a time, and we will be back in a minute. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. In your family, what is most important to you? Is it health? Relationships? How about getting along better with your kids or your parents? Maybe it has to do with losing pounds or gaining financially. Whatever the problems you face in your family, you'll want to tune in to Family First with your host, author, and speaker, Randy Rolfe. Since 1985, Randy has become the foremost expert on matters concerning the family, and she can help you. Family First airs live every Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back again. uh, This is John McAndrew, and we've been talking with... Angela Lutz, and I want to remind our listeners that we're talking about eating disorders, and according to the CDC, there's uh, 41 million women and 37 million men reported uh, obesity. This is in 2010, so these numbers are even greater uh, as we speak today, and and eating disorders uh, sometimes get put off at a different table uh, when we talk about addiction and mental health, and Our guest, Angela Lutz, has shared her personal story with with her disorders and her eating and her image uh, rebuilding. And I I think it's very powerful. Her story is very powerful. Her transformation, of course, is. And and the fact that she's written a book, and it's her first book, I think uh, one of my big joys of being able to host this show is to be able to talk to people like Angela who have transformed their pain into something very powerful. And these are really good books for people because they help. And uh, we want to remind people her her uh, website is www.angelalutz.com. And Lutz is spelled L-U-T-Z. And her books are available at Amazon. Angela, uh, before we go any further, 
Where else can we get a hold of your book or see you or listen to you talk or any of those things? Great. Yes, I also am um, at barnesandnoble.com, but please also stop by my um, Facebook page. Um, I have an active page going on there. As far as um, speaking engagements and, and, and if you're interested in bookings and things like that, yes, you can go to my website and all the information is there. And can listeners send uh, an email to you and ask a personal question? They absolutely can. You can do that through a private message through Facebook if you'd like, or you could do it um, through the um, email off the website. And we look forward. Your calendar will be posted on your website as well as to where you'll be appearing uh, next year because I understand you're going to get a little bit busy because of this book. (laughs) Right? Absolutely. Well, all right. Now we we've kind of transitioned here, and and uh, in the last section we talked about weeding out your soul with forgiveness, which is a very powerful piece that I re, I hear repeated over and over in recovery. And but now we're to chapter eleven. It's called Operation Move It, and I feel a little joy coming. <laughs> right, I feel. I feel like we're on the upside here. Is that correct? Absolutely, on the upside of that, yes. Practical application. Uh When you apply practical application with spiritual truth, Mm -hmm. your body has absolutely no choice but to completely line up with what you are saying and doing. And how did? what was the first day like when you... uh, I, and now, I haven't met you, but I can see you jumping around with a big smile on your face <laughs> uh, and uh, teaching a bunch of people to do the same. Is that kind of what happened for you? <laughs> um, yes, in, in a manner of speaking, absolutely. I just, um, again, it it's it's pretty simple as far as just putting everything into movement and putting everything um, into a a... A process. It's 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 just again building wonderful life affirming tools for your body. Right. The spiritual part we've addressed, but what are the types of exercise that mm. that that you uh, that you recommend to be the other part of the spiritual, you know, okay, physical, so mental rebuilding? Absolutely. You want to hear this? You want to hear? You want to hear the simple answer? And you, you probably won't even believe it when I say this. I'm ready. Are you ready? Uh-huh. It is anything you absolutely love, and it is that is complete truth. You have to make sure it is something that you are enjoying. That is first and foremost something that something that um, gives you an, an immense amount of happiness. It doesn't have you don't have to beat the heck out of your body. <laughs> As a matter of fact, <laughs> your body responds much better when you are kind <laughs> to your body. So Operation Move It is a chapter in which I, I do give some guidelines, but it's anything um, a, a little um, anaerobic, a little aerobic. It is anything that you absolutely can't wait to get up and do, and, and that's where you got to go with that. Mm-hmm. You're walking, chasing the kids, cleaning the house, dancing <laughs> yes. on Sunday. Absolutely, jumping up and down in church on Sunday. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and 
And you, uh, I know that people can get more information on the exercise and that part of you that's, that has been very professional and good through all this, uh, you know, your training and holistic training and nutrition. And uh, I'd kind of like to, to close the program with the way you close your book. And, uh, it, you know, these journeys are just incredible to hear from real people, from where you started and, and now you're out with this book, uh, basically trying to carry the message and help other people. And you close the book with the last chapter titled Fruits of the Spirit, and uh, I'd like for you to share a little bit of that with us. Mm, yes, the fruits of the Spirit, um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control. Oh, and all those good things you can have. Yes. All you want, right? A- absolutely. But but knowing sometimes um, where the where where we might have created a dysfunctional belief within one of those realms. And it's really just, um, again, um, working with your body, not against your body. It, it's so important to understand um, where your body came from in the first place and that um, it, it is to be um, something um, you should remember that it's the only gift it's the only tangible gift that you can touch and feel that God sent you to this world with. So mm-hmm. learning to really love yourself through those fruits is essential to your remaking. Yeah. Two very powerful fruits um, that you list are peace and patience. And uh, for me personally, when one of them goes out the window, they both kind of go. And... Um, <laughs> How do you how do you think exercise and nutrition affect it's it's interesting to me I'm waiting for a book to come out called God and Nutrition because if we're not eating right and we're not taking care of our body which we go right back to what you said at the beginning of this we have to clean this stuff out to allow God in but how does exercise help that Okay um first of all um exercise from a physiological standpoint has a detoxifying effect and I've always Mm -hmm. taught clients that like you said the more room you have the easier it is to hear the voice of God the less toxic you are the less you know the more um, the more coherent you are the more oxygen that is flowing through your brain yeah tremendous thank you Angela for a wonderful show we appreciate so much for coming on Again, the name of Angela's book, and it's her first book, is Bound by Numbers, and it's by Angela Lutz. And again, uh, one hour at a time, thanks you very much for being our guest. Thank you, John. Bye now. We appreciate you joining us today for One Hour at a Time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program. Brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. 
visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.